What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me, as always, is Kevin Josh. Lots of activity around the league that could impact the type of season we see in 2021. We're going to break down the latest and share our thoughts. Let's go! Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azil cuts inside. With this one, Malone, he's oh. to Oh, I need to put together a new intro because I just realized that I think 75 to 80 percent of the guys that are called on there are no longer with the team. So that just like I was like, let's start off 2021. Right. We'll get a good let's go. And then it just all comes crashing down after hearing the names of players that won't be back. So apologies for that, everybody. Guys, it's a new year. We've made it through the holidays um little bit of hounds news we're looking for stuff to talk about josh what have you been up to man yeah i mean it's, it's there's a lot going on like it, it it's it was like a boring off season at first but then suddenly it felt like the off season's kind of like things at least around the league and like with news we'll talk about a little bit later with uh you know teams going down to different leagues and and you know, uh, us making a little bit more announcements. It's it's finally starting to feel like uh, maybe the off season's going to start ramping up with uh, information now. Here's hoping. What you uh, what have you been doing to keep busy? Lots of video games. That's been pretty much it. <laughs> anything? Playing, uh, anything good? Uh, no Man's Sky. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, finally picked that up because now the game's actually a complete game instead of being like really bare bones when it was when it first came out. Uh, and then VR, been getting more into VR gaming. Uh, Half Life Alex, creepy game. If you ever played Half Life, uh, seen like the the head crabs, the face hugger looking things. Yeah, that in VR, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> Those jump towards you. Yeah, you you hear it in the surround sound with your headphones on. And you look behind you and you just see one flying at your face. You're like, no, no. <laughs> I've only hit a couple of walls with uh, my controller swinging my arms around. You know, only a couple times. Have you done the? I, I've seen like cer- certain like soccer teams have done it as like a team building exercise or whatever. But I know I'm, I'm guessing it's like a free something in VR where you like ride the elevator up to the top of a skyscraper and the doors open and it's just a wooden plank that you're supposed to walk off of and like fall. Yeah, I think it's just called the plank. I I have not done it myself, um, but there are games that have that like that experience within them. Like yeah. half like Alex, you're in a building and you're literally in a decapitated build or dilapidated building, and you have to walk this plank area, and yeah, it it doesn't take much to trick you. Like it doesn't yeah. like at all. Like you can even if the graphics weren't the best in the world, you look down and you see that, and you know the parallax look when you move your head around. That's all it takes. You're just like, okay, nope, this isn't cool. Yeah. It it, it, it it gets you fast. I've done it once before a while ago and it was just it was like a test thing. It wasn't the plank, but it was something similar. And yeah, I was amazed at the feeling of it. It was it was really weird. But it was cool, but really weird. Yeah. I tried a game called uh X Wing uh Squadrons or Star Wars Squadrons and it, it's a great game that you can play on the computer with like even just controller or I have a flight stick. And I thought it'd be really cool to try in VR because I have a VR version of it. Uh, so I booted up in VR, and within like two minutes, I'm like, nope, getting sick. 
getting really sick because you do a barrel roll in an X-wing. You're like, this is cool. (laughs) (laughs) So no, uh, yeah, there's a, you gotta get your VR links. You gotta get used to that. Yeah. Kev, how about you? What have you been up to? Not much. Just uh, trying to recover from the holidays. Found some uh, black mold around my windowsill that I had to clean up. Yeah. Um, It was weird. Like, Riley was like, you should, like, tell them about it. I was like, well, I'm just going to clean it up. She's like, you should tell them about it anyway. And so I just, I felt weird. I, like, wrote this email. I was like, hey, we're taking care of it. But in case you want to know, we have black mold. And, like, they responded, the apartment complex. And they're like, yeah, cool. Thanks. Like, <laughs> they didn't even ask, like, what did you do? You could have been like, I licked no. it off. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, yeah, just, just some, just some house stuff and cleaning up. Cool. 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 Yeah. What I, about yourself? I, I, I've watched far too many movies and played far too many video games, which typically is not my MO. So I feel like I'm getting sucked into that world, but, um, but yeah, the the kids got a uh, a Google Stadia for Christmas, which we weren't sure like how well the connection would work. But so far, it's been passable. Um, and I got sucked into we were talking a little bit off air, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is just a it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I need to beat it so I can like put it aside and then, like go <laughs> do other stuff. Because once I start it, I'm like I gotta finish it, and uh, it's a good story. It's fun. So that and trying to watch, you know, Aston Villa to try to fill that void of no Pittsburgh soccer. And uh, they famously got a case of COVID tear through their camp. So maybe we'll talk about that on the after show. So uh, just sort of patiently waiting for them to get healthy and come back and play some more. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. We're here. I watched I watched All the President's Men, the movie. Oh, Yeah. Like old old school, Robert Redford and who's the other guy? He was in The Graduate. Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Both really good. I, I just kept thinking, like, I wonder if Bob Woodward would like likes the idea of Robert Redford playing him because I'm sure I would. Like, I would. That's great. <laughs> he was a good looking dude back then. You said it was like an old time movie. We we watched a couple of quote unquote old time movies with the boys, uh, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and they. <laughs> And they loved both of them. <laughs> All the oh, I know. Men oh, I know. The- <laughs> I know. Well, so what happened was they had seen Happy Gilmore before. And I was like, we should watch Billy Madison. I'm like, you know, it couldn't be that bad. And like literally in the, in the first, you know, five minutes we're sitting there. And he's like, it's Dirty Magazine Day. And he's like <laughs> racing to the mailbox. And Susan was like, oh, here we go. Like, here it is. <laughs> But uh, they enjoyed it. They thought it was funny. So, yeah. Good times. Uh, Good stop times. looking at me, swan. Yeah, stop looking at me, swan. <laughs> Shampoo is better. Um, I always think of Chris Farley going, that's correct. Once he's like taking his shirt <laughs> off and helping him study. Uh, guys, let's talk a little bit about hounds, I guess. Um, there was a little bit of news, uh, primarily, that the hounds signed Alex Dixon. That came out this past week. Um, for those wondering, who is Alex Dixon? So Alex Dixon, um, he is a former Lily guy. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he was with Rochester in 2014, 2015. Primarily plays as a winger or up top. So, you know, looking for looking for sort of that additional attacking threat, he sort of fills that gap a little bit. 
Um, most recently, he was with OKC in 2017-2018. Last year, he was with Hartford. He got 11 goals in 42 games. Um, when it was announced that he was joining Pittsburgh, it seemed like there were a lot of Hartford fans that were pretty upset about it because they tend to like him. He was voted their Offensive Player of the Year last year. So it sounds like good things. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, if, if we were comparing him to, you know, a, a recent departee, uh, which it's, it was made official. I think we talked about it on one of the last episodes that it was theorized that Duba was headed to Tampa. It's official. Duba is going to be in Tampa this year. If we compare the two of them, you know, their conversion rate um, and their goals per 90 were almost the same last season. So that's a good thing. Um, what's interesting is when, if we're just looking at stats, Dixon produced more crosses per game than Duba, but Duba had substantially more fouls drawn per 90. And so my question to you guys is, you know, part of our bread and butter the past few seasons was like, get Duba up high, Duba gets fouled, Duba gets up, we get ourselves in good position, everybody moves up the field, and we get an attacking chance. Alex Dixon for Duba is not a like-for-like replacement. Do you guys think that, this could potentially signal a shift in how the hounds want to attack the season, or do you think it's still too early? And I'm just reading into things. Josh, I, mean, I don't, I don't think it's it's too early to read into it because you can definitely tell that he's not going to be the same type of player that Duba was. So it, what I feel like we're going to see is, uh, I, I never feel like Lily is beholden to a style. He's beholden to the tools that you know he has. And so he's going to find a way to use this mixture of players uh, the most efficient way. So I, it's going to look a lot different because it has to. We don't have nearly as many players coming back as we had in the past, and a lot of key players have not come back. So it's it has to be different just because these players are not the same type of players. They're not one for one, for, for sure. Yeah. Kev, does it make you at all nervous, Lily, just completely shifting styles here? Well, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to tell if this is a shifting of styles because he could very easily, you know, tomorrow sign another player that fits the mold of of something akin to what we would play last season. But I mean, no, not not particularly. Um, you know, I'm trying to. Well, I mean, yeah. So we've had Dos Santos for two seasons. Um, we haven't had him for three, right? I mean, there there was at least a season where Lily played without him. Was Hertzog around for that? I'm trying to I can't remember, remember how far was back. Here for that first season. We're heading into Lily's fourth season with the team. Right, and I can't. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what how we played before Dos Santos, and I wonder. I think Brett was probably still around, and I wonder yes. if it was just Brett up top. It was. Um, so no, I mean like it's. Lily's been around long enough. He's he no. I he'll come up with a system that works for the players that he ends up with. So I'm not worried about that. I don't think it's he needs a big man to draw fouls in order to succeed. And I don't think that's the case at all. And I think Dixon looks like a really good player. So, um, yeah, we'll take him. Keep moving on. Keep looking for you know new players to sign and fill out the roster, and, and we'll see what happens. I think one of the interesting things, <clears throat> you know, when you when you look at sort of who we bring in, Lily has been famously, um, he he wants to bring people in on trial. 
He wants to bring people into his camps and see them, no matter how, no matter what your your previous pedigree is. So if he signs you in the offseason, it likely means that he sees something in you that he thinks it's worthwhile splashing the cash without seeing you play with the rest of the team. So far, he has brought in Russell Cicerone, um, which we talked about a little bit on the last episode, and now Dixon, both of whom sort of press up the field, both of whom put crosses into the box. And I think what's interesting is in previous season, we had trouble getting bodies into the box. So I am wondering if this doesn't potentially hint towards a change of trying to get more attackers into the box because now you have these tools to put crosses in. Um, so one thing I thought was really cool was uh, actually former Hounds, uh, big name for us, uh, uh, Angulo. Uh, he tweeted out and was pretty much like, oh, that's awesome. You know, you guys have a great player, Dixon. And other players have been saying the same thing. And, you know, we obviously have signed a lot of players, a lot of players who have uh, a lot of history in the USL, but I don't really ever remember seeing this type of like other players being excited for him and being like, it, he seems like he is well liked and has, you know, is well respected uh, with his peers. So that's actually kind of a something that kind of warmed me over a little bit more because I'll be honest, when I first saw the signing, I was like, okay, former rhino this mm-hmm. is getting kind of old and like i feel like really still and at this point i'm like well, how long have the rhino's been gone so that means this player is how old and he's a forward and like i was kind of not looking forward to this signing uh when they first announced it but between other players what they're saying and with seeing his performance from last season and just like it, this could actually be a great great signing for us and i'm i'm trying not to be as negative just because of the fact that he's a former rhino mm-hmm. i don't want to see it as a crutch it's more of a situation where it's like hey you know lily knows this player is going to be able to perform for us and he he's not having even though he's been signed for like what one year than a uh extension option, option yeah. um it is a situation where he at least is coming into this knowing what dixon brings and what he can be how he can be used within his system yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple points for each end of the argument of, it, you know, is this a good signing? Is this a bad signing? And Josh, yeah, I, I was thinking about it, and you put it into, you know, a good phraseology, if that's a word. <laughs> um, but the whole, like, the, the whole, like, it's another rhino signing thing, I think historically I've been, like, whatever. Like, if they're good enough, they're good enough. I really don't care. But it does get to a point now where I think, like, I don't know. So so much at least, so much is it based on like narrative and and based off of story and based off of like how you experience the club that you follow, and to have the kind of same narrative played over and over and over again, season after season, it, it does start to get a little like, all right, there's just we want something a bit different. Um, it's something new. I mean, to get an idea of like, yeah, like getting someone from like Las Vegas, that'd be insane, right? Like, I don't even care if they're good, but just like the narrative of it. Like, I care, so, I care. But, <laughs> but, uh, but on the flip side, yeah, and, and the same, yeah, exactly what you with the age and, and the forward and does he have the legs to be a fast springy forward? He's 30. 30, yeah. yeah. Um, but on, on the flip side, yeah, he was pretty much a one and two goal scorer last season for a Hartford team that, that played above their expectations. And a lot of players are, are, you know, sending him well wishes and everything. By the numbers, based off of his most recent season, 
you know, it's it's good. And in a, in a Hartford team that we were questioning too, like throughout the entire season, you know, they, they, they finish where they do and, and he gets six goals out of 15, which is quite good for, for someone in his position, someone at the USL. So, yeah, it's kind of a – you can kind of pick whatever side you want to be on in this one, but I think there's definitely enough positives to be um, intrigued for it. Yeah. For the signing. I'll, I mean, it, intrigued continues to be sort of the theme of the off season because it's just uh, – I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens here. So – um, so yeah, that's what we think about Dixon. Let us know what you think. We'll see if uh, maybe we can try to get him on the show. We got a couple things we're going to talk about in the after show. That might be one of those things. So um, stay tuned. A uh, couple of other movements, just real quick. So Thomas Gomez um, or Tomas Gomez uh, officially signed with Sacramento. We had a sense that he probably wouldn't be back. It's probably good that he's out west, so we won't have to see him. I mentioned Dubas with Tampa. Um, one other thing that uh, came out this week that uh, we're going to try to do a little bit of digging on. There is a uh, a new I don't, even, I don't even want to say it's new. Uh, there's a there's a Twitter uh, person Twitter handle that is uh, USL Tactics that uh, know their stuff, man. You got to go check them out if you're on Twitter. Um, I believe it is just at USL Tactics. Is that right? Yeah, at USL yep. Tactics. They did an amazing uh, sort of in depth look on uh, January 9th, which was uh, I guess late last week. Um, about sort of Pittsburgh's offseason thus far, and the stats were fantastic. Um, we will sort of – I think we've already retweeted the uh, the retweet from the Steel Army, but we'll retweet that again, uh, you know, before – or once this show goes live. Um, lots of fantastic videos of, of both Cicerone and Dixon. Um, lots of comparison between, you know, Gomez and Vitiello and, you know, what the the formation looks like, you know, using the team that we have right now. So a lot of really, really good stuff. We have no idea who it is. We don't know if it's somebody from the front office. You know, their DMs aren't open, so we can't exactly reach out to them. So we're going to try to do some digging, see if we can't get them on the show. They don't just do it about the Hounds. They do it about every team. Um, but it's, again, it's a good follow. I think there were two things, or I should say at least one thing that I thought, um, was really interesting in all of the stats that they broke down. In addition to some of the stuff that we already talked about comparing players, when you look at the Hounds most successful seasons, um, th- they were making the point about the number of players that the Hounds are returning. And we've sort of, I don't want to say we've beaten this topic to death, but we've made it clear that we're a little bit concerned about the, the, players that have left and the number of players that have left but when you look at the hounds most successful season the lily era which was roughly 2019 in that season we had brought back 74 percent of our lineup from 2018 and 72 percent of our starters and that led to a two point per game average so keep 74 percent of the lineup 72 percent of the starters this year we are returning 31 percent of our lineup and 36 percent of our starting 11 so literally half of the numbers um, from that season in 2019 that we were successful. Now, those numbers are irrespective of who the actual players were and all of that. But it is bucking the trend a little bit when you look at Lily's trend. You know, in, in 2016, he returned 63% of his starters. 2017, 63% of his starters. In 2019, 72, 2020, 54. Now he's at 36. So... Um, I, I, I thought that was interesting. I mean, it's, it's a big, yeah. I mean, it's a split. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm curious to know if like, so um, 
looking at the starting 11 retention, so it, not going off percentages, just going off of actual like players. So mm-hmm. it was essentially for the the Pittsburgh team, not for counting Rochester before that. It's eight players uh, that was it, that he kept. I can't remember. Yeah, eight, eight that he kept in 2019. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, eight that he kept, then six that he kept, and then this year it's four. That's. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually you know I don't know like I hear the percentage I'm like oh that's a lot less but yeah that's essentially only keeping four players so far for starting eleven and one of those uh, is a keeper like uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. No, that's fair that's fair oh boy <laughs> I mean it makes you think like when you actually look at it you know it I don't you know when you look at it you got you got Vidiello and goal Forbes. Griffin and Dover? Are you assuming that those are our start? I mean, I guess you would have to assume Dequa is going to be a starter as well. So I guess really four outfield players and a keeper. But like, yeah, it's not a lot there. So yeah, it's interesting. And you know, I was I was holding that hope there. You know, the USL has been doing this thing on all over social media where it's like, where will this player land? And then it like flashes their jersey, like different jerseys up. And um, right around the time the Hounds were planning on making an announcement they were teasing speedy williams and i was like oh that would be cool like get speedy williams back in (laughs) pittsburgh and uh i believe he went to miami uh the miami fc as they get it right get it right so uh so yeah we don't we don't get speedy williams so um yeah i don't know but i'm not i don't know i'm not particularly i still am in the camp of uh, like he'll figure it out like we we to me I, it, we've had such turnover over the years relative turnover and i know turnover is higher this season but there hasn't really it i don't know there hasn't been an issue of bringing in new players that end up making an impact um and so i, I you know vidiello is one mensa i thought had a really good season last season um so I mean there there's a precedent for it and I'm not I'm not particular like and I think Lily's probably one of the, Lily undoubtedly is the best manager that we've had since we've done the podcast and arguably one of the best managers still in the USL. So you know to me I think that's that's the biggest signing to have on your club. Um and uh and we got him and I've I've trust that he's going to work this out and get the players he needs to get. Um, there have only been two managers since we've done the podcast, right? No, probably three, right? Because yeah. Stefan. Did we do Stephen, it in the Stefan era? I, th- I think so. Or did we start yeah. with Dave Brandt? I thought you guys started with Stefan. I thought we were at the very end of Stefan. Maybe we did. I could be wrong, though. But I, I just assume, you know, because it was like, what, one season? So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we did do Stefan. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. All right, well, you know, more to come, I guess. There has to be, right? Like, we can't field a team of seven players. So (laughs) we'll know Uh, at some point here. Um, A lot of that depends on, you know, what's going on with the league. So, you know, some of the big league news that dropped just this week was that North Carolina is going to be playing in League One for the foreseeable future, Um which is crazy to think because when they came into the league, there was all of this talk of like, we're, we're going for MLS. Like, you know, they had the logo, they had like the, the team was all lined up. They were going for MLS. And so to go from championship 
now to League One, and they're saying that their focus is going to be more on developing youth than anything else. Um, it's an interesting shift. So, obviously, COVID has hit every team in different ways, and we have no idea, wh- you know, how the Hounds have been impact- impacted by this either. But just sort of looking around the other teams in the East, and you know, you can sort of try to guess and judge, you know, what the financial health is of of each one of the teams. There's a lot of talk of the two teams eventually making their way down to League One. There's only going to be four two teams left in the East. Atlanta United, Loudoun, Red Bulls 2, Sporting KC 2. Um, but then, like the non-two teams, there's actually more than you know what I was expecting or what I was thinking, especially after last season where we played the same, what, four teams over and over again. you got Birmingham, which I feel like Birmingham is going to be a much better team this year. They, they, they made a push late last year. Then they went out and they're signing all of our good players and all lots of good players from all over the league. Um, I think Birmingham's going to be in the mix. You have Charleston that's always sort of around. Um, you have Charlotte, which haven't heard a ton from Charlotte. I want to say that at one point I heard that they were going down to League One, but that's not true. They're selling tickets for 2021 in the championship, so they will be around. You have Hartford, um, who we just talked about. You know, they, they sort of punched above their weight last year, and who knows what they're going to look like this year. Indy 11, which uh, Louisville, which you know Louisville is always going to be there. Memphis, Miami, us, and Tampa. So it feels like, you know, this used to be a league with, like, more teams than I could count in the East. And now we're down to, like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, like, non-two teams, and then four two teams there. So... Yeah, it's weird because I, there has to be some shifting around, right? Like, we're probably going to have to take some of the Western Conference teams into the East, I would think, maybe? Because it's like 17 teams are in the West right now. So 14 and 17. Yeah. That's a pretty big difference. Like, I could imagine them, like, although why they don't have to, I guess. I mean, if there's no, I don't know. It, it It's one thing when we don't play each other. So I understand that, like, there's no, like, reason to make them balanced as far as the number of teams. But at the same time, it's kind of crappy because then it's like when it comes to the playoffs, it's like, you know, the people in the West had to battle through 17 teams to get into playoffs. People in the East only had to battle through 14. So it's it's a little bit, you know, kind of crazy to think about as far as the playoffs and making taking the playoffs seriously. Well, I mean, St. Louis used to be the bounce back and forth team every year, yeah. and now they're gone. They won't be here. Um, Philly 2 aren't going to be back, so Beth Steele slash Philly 2 won't be back for 2021. We said North Carolina moving to League 1. I mean, in terms of if we were to pull anybody from the West. Kansas City? Oh, wait, no. Uh, uh, sporting well, sporting, sporting was, was in the East last year. I don't know if you're talking like the some of the Texas teams, like Austin. Um, I'd have to look at a map and see how far east or west we're pushing now at this point. Tulsa would work. Yeah, Tulsa could work. Um, um even Oklahoma yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, it is interesting. You know, less teams in the East could ultimately potentially be good from a revenue standpoint because in theory. You know, obviously they'd want to make things balanced with the West, but less games means less travel, means less spending. And if, you know, stadiums aren't going to be filled again this season, which fingers crossed they will be, but if they're not, that's less out-of-pocket expenses for the managers. So 
who really knows? Um, you know, looking back at the history of the league in 2019, we had seven new teams join the league, which it was like we're exploding. And now we're at the point where we're contracting. And I think that's just to be expected from, you know, even other pro teams like you're seeing this happen. So, guys, just any sort of overall thoughts about sort of the health of the league heading into 2020? Do you have any are you nervous at all about sort of the future of the USL as we come out of this? Do you have any predictions for when you think we might actually start or what we might actually see? Josh, you've been around longer than sort of both of us and following sort of the shifting landscape of, of this league. What are you thinking heading into this year? I feel like there's we're, we haven't heard the end of announcements as far as either teams coming in or teams leaving um, and do with, you know, this isn't because I've been around for a long time. It's just because of seeing how the, it's been playing out with COVID as far as revenues and mm-hmm. uh, teams taking, taking a hit. I wouldn't be surprised if we also hear some more teams dropping down. Um, and I, I'm wondering if we're going to see more in the West, more shakeups happening in the West here coming up. I, I, the East, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it's hard to tell, but I, I don't think we've heard the end of uh, shifting ground between teams. Yeah. Kev, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think as long as there is a league, I mean, it's at the beginning of everything, at the beginning of COVID, um, it, it it felt like we kind of, you know, we made it pretty clear and we talked about it. it. It seems like maybe two weeks back to back about, you know, there will be financial implications for this for all sport, let alone second tier, um, you know, soccer leagues in America. Um and I remember at that time being like legitimately worried about, yeah, just how many teams will have to, yeah, compensate and, and change in order to survive or not survive. And, uh, you know, if, if we can come through this with no skipped seasons, with, with teams still, you know, fielding competitive games uh and this sounds like heavy after like everything that we've just been talking about but i think legitimately that's been my kind of point of view on it is i think it was inevitable from all of this and in it just being a bit chaotic in the u.s right now with soccer with everyone trying to make a push for the mls the mls expanding so much and and it feels like there's an opportunity for soccer to continue to grow in the mls so there's just a lot of decisions being made right now Um, and, and there's a lot of energy in the pot right now um, and so things, I, I think I expected things to kind of, you know, pop off here and there. Um, but no, I, 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 so we'll see. And, and I, I have, a, I have a hunch that, you know, yeah, it's once things calm down again, I don't think soccer interest is contracting in America. No. And so I think that's, that's the most important thing and that will dictate about the land, you know, changing landscapes in the league. And, and I think for the long haul, that's, that's, that's the good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, the USL just put out a, a survey, a fan survey, and there was like a whole section dedicated to basically COVID and sort of, you know, how comfortable or, or, or under what circumstances would you feel comfortable returning to games? And obviously, you know, there was talk of uh, we've heard rumblings that they may try to push back the start till May. Um, you know, just sort of running back of the napkin numbers. It sounds like the new administration wants to try to do 100 million vaccines in 100 days, which would put us at right around May for a third of the U.S. to be vaccinated. Um, so, 
you know, just sort of putting you guys on the spot, you know, come May, if they open up and say everybody's allowed in, are you going to feel comfortable going to a game, Kev? Do I, do am I the one third? Because <laughs> if, well, if I'm part of the, the one third, um, <laughs> obvious, like yes. Um, but it, but I think so. I'd be comfortable going to a game with. I, I wouldn't be comfortable to going to a game that like happened in 2019, for example, of just like floodgates are open, everyone sit, you know, pack the stadium. I wouldn't go in that sense. But if it was a reduced capacity and they marked off seating um, and, you know, if you didn't flash your little, like, I got my vaccine card, um, you, you know, they had they asked you to wear a mask, then, yeah, yeah, I would go. I'd feel comfortable. Josh? Yeah, probably. I mean, it, it's, if as long as they're being sensible with how they do it, um, I'm, I'm willing to jump through a lot of hoops to, you know, keep myself safe and keep others safe. Uh it just to see live soccer so like i'd be willing to um but yeah definitely vaccine though like that's yeah <laughs> if i'm uh, if i'm one of the ones vaccinated or with vaccine then yeah i'm going i don't care <laughs> yeah yeah i think i agree i think if i'm if i'm vaccinated then i'm like yeah let's go even if i have to wear a mask um and go with the vaccine like cool that's fine by me i'll wear a mask at the game we get those sweet mongols masks so we can we can rep the team it'll look great um <laughs> But it will be interesting. I mean, obviously, it feels like the league is sort of sitting and waiting. I know Jake Edwards is sort of making the rounds and saying all of the right things, but most of the right things are like, we don't know. We got to wait and see. So, you know, I think the next few months will be very telling in terms of what ultimately happens. Um, it sounds like Lily's still planning on doing his uh, training camp to get people in and, and see people. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and like... I. <sighs> It sounds weird to say this, but the fact that he's saying I don't know actually makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Because it makes me think that they're actually waiting to see how things play out instead of just being like, nope, we have this plan. That's what we're going to do no matter what. Like, if, if he would have been like, no, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. It's like, well, you're not really taking what's going on around you into consideration. So, therefore, I feel like it's not as trustworthy of what you're doing. But the fact that he's like, well, it depends. <laughs> There's a lot, you know, moving parts here. So, yeah. it actually feels better that they don't know instead of being you know like we have a plan this is what we're gonna do who cares what's going on yeah i agree um putting you guys on the spot right now are we gonna have a season in 2021 probably Delayed. I, I think we will i think it will get pushed back until they'll push it back as far as they have to to get more than like a third uh seating like i i feel like they're probably gonna wait until like maybe 50 percent capacity or something like that that, where that's allowed which i i don't know if that means it's going to be pushed back into like a super late date yeah. but i could see a abbreviated season with they're not going to do it unless people can be in the stands that's what i think we're not going to have another season where there's no one in the stands let me ask you this would you prefer that they start in may but you get one-third capacity or they wait until july and it's 100 percent capacity I mean, I, I feel like I have had my fill of empty stadium soccer. I would be completely fine with waiting until they can, like, July. Get like, I'd be completely fine with that. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I do know that there's other things to take into consider consideration as far as contracts and, right. and paying people. Like, all that aside, like, for myself, I would rather wait until it feels like soccer again. Yeah. Kev? 
Yeah, I mean, it, what the original question was: Will there be a league this season? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, there will be. Yeah. Um, I don't. It might change over the course. It might be delayed. It might not be. Um, but I think we'll end with you know fans in the stadium. We might not end with one hundred percent fans in the stadium, but we'll get there. And uh, and I know I, I predicted that I think last season too, um, but I severely underestimated. You were kind of right. <laughs> I mean, there were fans in the stadiums at the end. It yeah, just, but I, I think I was like, uh, my I think my original prediction was like, oh no, we'll crush, we'll crush this. Like it'll be great. <laughs> I was, I feel like your public projection of what you're hoping for didn't match. Like when we when this first came out, I think you jokingly were like, well, I'll see you guys in 2022, and I was like, Kevin, that's insane. <laughs> but like, here we are. Like, wasn't yep. really that crazy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, like, I, I really don't want to end this on a downer. Um, so, I guess. No, I mean, look, I look. I think the the thing is, the the league will have navigated the continuation of you know of a lot of clubs in 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 a lot of clubs at this level. Uh, of, of soccer in the U.S. and I think that's that's a good thing in the midst of a pandemic where clubs that were already strapped for cash didn't get any gate receipts or got very minimal gate receipts. The fact that we're that I think we're all sitting here saying, yeah, there's gonna be another season next season, and it's gonna be it's not gonna be five teams in each conference. Um, not knowing, I'll, look, I'll be honest, I don't know the intricacies in and out of the financial situations of all these clubs in the USL. But, I mean, I know the conversations that are being held by quote-unquote rich clubs in ac- across the world and, uh, and the conversations Liverpool. around them being they kind of live day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a hit to them could be substantial. And so the fact that so many you know, non-first division clubs, both in America and elsewhere, have able have, have been able to stay afloat in the absence of, of fans has been a really good thing. Agreed. That's, I think that's the good point we need to end on, Kev. Thanks <laughs> I for forced it. I it forced out. it. I was like, what can I say? I started talking <laughs> and now I have to say something, so. <laughs> well, that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Um, obviously, you know, there's been a gap in sort of when we're, putting out shows and a lot of that has to do with a gap in in news like there's just there's not a ton to talk about but um i'd even say like hey we could do like player interviews and stuff but i think the majority of the team we've already interviewed so like there's a few new guys that we could try to bring in so we might try to do that we're going to talk about that like i said on the after show um so if you haven't checked that out Head on over to mongols.com, click on support the show to become a Patreon follower, $1 a month. That gets you access to all of the after shows. And, you know, typically we talk about anything from Champions League to, like, farming to, I don't know, whatever. It's totally random stuff. But, um, you know, we do owe our Patreon followers uh, for all the support. And so we want to make sure we're producing some cool content, you know, specifically for them. But then it eventually makes its way to everybody else as well. So mongols.com click on support the show to become a Patreon follower. This is your weekly reminder of the black lives matter. Go get the steel army shirt. Love Pittsburgh, hate racism, black lives matter over at SteelArmy.com. Thanks to roughneck scarves, official scarf supplier to USL MLS and us soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club 
Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Just realized I haven't got to wear my Mongols jersey to a Hounds game yet. Like, that's got to happen this year. Um, looking for more great USL news, head over to BGN.FM. We've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. BGN breaking news left and right um, across the soccer community. Fantastic stuff. Go check it out, BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.